All right, wrestling with theology fans, it is time for Pro Wrestling America, coming to you this week from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. There are no roster changes this week as nobody's contract came up and nobody that fits in the salary cap is available uh, to sign. But going back to last week and the breaking news, we have successfully negotiated contracts with Memorial Stadium in Champaign, Illinois, and Renaissance Coliseum on the campus of Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Looking forward to being able to then provide something for these colleges as well. This also means that we've rerouted house shows so that we have one now in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and West Lafayette, Indiana, Springfield and Bloomington, Illinois, and then Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So those will be the house shows in the midst there. But we are still getting to Michigan. So last Friday, May 14th, South Bend, Indiana, Lieutenant James Earl Wright defeated J.C. Ice. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker defeated Wolfie D. Dirty Dutch Mantell defeated Special Delivery Jones. David Von Erich defeated Bobo Brazil. Brickhouse Brown defeated Iron Mike Sharp. Great Muda defeated Raven. And in the main event, Terry Funk defeated Austin Idol. The next night, May 15th, Lansing, Michigan. Eric Embry defeated Billy Gunn. Dirty Dutch Mantell defeated Bobo Brazil. David Von Erich defeated Special Delivery Jones. Honky Tonk Man and Gentleman Chris Adams in a tag team win over Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Raven. State Patrol defeated PG-13. The Sawyer Brothers defeated Ross to the Voodoo Man and Gold Dust by disqualification. And in the main event in Lansing, Ravishing Rick Rude defeated Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Now in the house shows, it has been booked that way so that A, PG-13 gets to be taken apart in both tag team and singles matches in preparation for the third main event of the night for Little Caesars Arena. But then also, they've been booked so that, as will come out at the beginning of the card for tonight, Dirty Dutch Mantel and David Von Erich continue to rack up singles victories over the World Tag Team Champions, but they can never pull off a tag team win. This will come to play very immediately in the card from Little Caesars Arena. All right, so we get to Detroit, Michigan, May 19th. Only four matches on the card this week. A triple main event with the World Tag Team titles and the American Heavyweight title on the line. Also, an eight-man tag team cage war, very similar to the old War Games match from Jim Crockett Promotions that will finish the card. We start off, the World Tag Team Champions Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones come out to the ring to a decent pop from the crowd. They berate Dirty Dutch Mantel and David Von Erich for the way that they had managed to gain victories over them in singles matches over the last two weekends. Questionable uh, antics going on to secure those pinfalls. However, they also mock them for not being able to get the job done when the titles are on the line. David's music begins to play. 
David and Dutch make their way out to the ring. The four face off in the ring until my music begins to play. As all four of them are in the ring, I stand at the entrance ramp. I announce that I have had enough of all the bickering and complaining done by both teams. Neither team seems happy. I announce that next week in Champaign for the first card at Memorial, Col- or Memorial Stadium, we will have a tag team gauntlet. Two of them, one for each team. Both teams will have to run a gauntlet to face each other again. Each will have to get through four teams. If Brazil and Jones are still the champions next week, they will defend the titles in each match. Mantel and Von Erich will also have four teams to face before they can receive another title shot. However, that match will only happen if both teams run their separate gauntlet successfully. But for this week, I order the ring to be cleared so that Mantel can defend his television title. No one moves. I threaten to strip everyone of their contracts if they don't vacate. David, Brazil, and Jones begrudgingly leave the ring, and Mantel prepares for his match. First match on the card. The only one not considered a main event. The mandatory television title match with Dirty Dutch Mantel defending against Jimmy Golden. Golden's music begins to play. He makes his way to the ring. He trash talks Mantell all the way to the ring. Mantell rushes him, but Golden steps off the ring apron. When Golden gets into the ring, he begins to make headway and gain momentum toward gaining the television title until Mantell tosses him out into the ring post. Mantell grabs his bullwhip and begins to choke Golden. David Manning comes over to break them up, but Mantell drops the whip. Mantell continues to work over Golden's right shoulder and arm until Mantell hits a shoulder breaker to get the pin. Your winner and still television champion, Dirty Dutch Mantell, in a time of 9 minutes, 6 seconds. Mantell celebrates his win, but he's attacked from behind by PG-13. Golden gets up and joins in the beatdown on Mantell. David rushes down to the ring, followed by State Patrol. Golden and PG-13 clear the ring. State Patrol stops at the end of the aisle. They turn around as David checks on Mantell outside the ring. Once the ring is cleared from that one, we get ready for the first of the three main events on the card. The American heavyweight title match where Jesse James Armstrong defends his title against the newly minted number one contender, Gold Dust, having won the Battle Royal last week. Goldust makes his way down to the ring. He berates Armstrong as a paper champion. Armstrong makes his way down to the ring with the American heavyweight title belt around his waist. The two lock up and begin a scientific match. Goldust gains the advantage and locks Armstrong in an abdominal stretch. Armstrong manages to hip toss Goldust, but Goldust holds on to Armstrong's arm for an arm drag. Armstrong slides out of the ring. As Armstrong re-enters the ring, Goldust retains control of the match. He gets the pin after the curtain call. Your winner and new American heavyweight champion, Goldust, in a time of 13 minutes, 13 seconds. Everything gets set up for the next match, the second main event, World Tag Team titles on the line, Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones defending against the Sawyer Brothers. The Sawyer brothers come down to the ring and tell the champions that they need to focus on them instead of Mantell and Von Erich. 
Brazil and Jones come down to the ring. Brazil and Buzz lock up, and these two fight the bulk of the match. Brazil manages to get the win after a diving headbutt from the second turnbuckle to retain the titles. Your winners, still champions, still on their winning streak, Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones in a time of 19 minutes, 37 seconds. David and Mantell rush towards the ring until the lights go out. When the lights come back on, all three teams are gone. Only Manning is standing in the ring. But the title belts are laid out flat in the middle of the ring. What does that mean? Manning picks up the belts and takes them to the announce table as the crew gets ready for the cage war and sets up the cage around the ring. So now we have the eight-man tag team cage war. Strong army led by the former American heavyweight champion Jesse James Armstrong against the Guns for Hire headed by Billy Gunn. Everything is built up to the eight-man tag team cage war as the third main event of the evening. As with the war games, one wrestler will be added every two minutes until all eight men are inside the cage. At that point, the match goes for one fall with no time limit and no disqualification. Backstage, Armstrong and Gunn meet with Lance. He holds a silver dollar in his hand. He tosses the coin in the air, and Armstrong calls tails. It lands on heads. Gunn rejoices as the guns for hire have the advantage throughout the first portion of the match. So J.C. Ice and Lieutenant James Earl Wright begin the match. They battle until Jimmy Golden comes in. Golden produces a pair of handcuffs from his jeans. Ice and Golden whip Wright into the ropes. Golden busts him open with the handcuffs. They drag Wright to the corner of the cage and handcuff him to the cage wall. Ice stomps away on Wright's exposed shoulder. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker comes in next, but he's met by Golden at the cage door. Golden and Parker spill outside the cage as they brawl. Security tries to get them back into the cage. Golden slams Parker's head into the corner of the cage. Ice comes over and grabs Parker's arm. Golden slams the cage door onto Parker's exposed shoulder. So now both members of State Patrol have had their shoulders almost separated by these men. Wolfie D makes his way down to the ring. PG-13 drag Parker back into the cage. Golden tosses four chairs into the cage before he climbs back in himself. The three members of Guns for Hire continue to beat on State Patrol with chairs. Both members of State Patrol are completely busted open. Their shoulders have been wrecked with the carnage suffered already, and the match is only half over. Eric Embry comes down to the cage, wrapping a chain around his hand. He comes in and clears house with right hands to all three Guns for Hire. He hotshots Wolfie into the cage wall. Ice tries to climb to the top of the cage, but Embry catches him. Golden grabs Embry from behind, but Embry is able to kick him away. Ice tries to do the same thing to Embry, but Embry grabs his foot and shoves him backwards so that he is barely able to catch hold of the cage to stop his fall to the floor. Golden jumps onto the middle turnbuckle with Embry and takes him down with a Russian leg sweep. Billy Gunn makes his way down to the cage to complete the guns for higher team. Gunn and Golden double-team Embry as Ice manages to climb back to the top of the cage. 
Gun and Golden stretch Embry out for a huge falling splash from Ice from the top of the cage, but Parker shakes the cage wall. Ice loses his balance and somersaults onto the mat, barely missing the turnbuckle with his head. Wolfie, who had been stomping away on right, turns his attention to Parker. Armstrong comes out to the cage with a pair of bolt cutters. He cuts through Wright's handcuff and passes him a pair of brass knuckles. Armstrong tosses the bolt cutters towards the timekeeper's table before climbing into the cage himself. As the match begins in earnest now, the strong army begin to battle back against the guns for hire. Gun goes over to check on Wright, but he is sucker punched with the brass knuckles from Wright's offhand. Armstrong takes him down, takes Gun down from behind with a Russian leg sweep. All eight men brawled in the small confines of the ring. Armstrong battling with Gun, Embry battling with Wolfie D, Parker battling with Golden, and Wright battling with J.C. Ice. At one point, all four guns for hire have the advantage. They whip their opponents into the center of the ring. Wright reverses Ice, who gets leveled by a shoulder block from Embry. Armstrong leapfrogs over Parker and takes Golden down with a monkey flip. Parker bounces off the side ropes for a falling splash, but Gunn nails him in the back of the head with a chair. Parker falls on top of Embry. Embry kicks Gunn in the stomach, and they brawl. Calhoun slides into the cage to count the pinfall as the other six continue to brawl. Calhoun counts Golden's shoulders down and calls for the bell. Your winners, the strong army, in a time of 15 minutes, 29 seconds. Gunn grabs Calhoun as he raises Parker's hand. Wolfie and Ice wrap Armstrong in the ropes. Gunn tosses Embry out of the ring and through the cage door. Wolfie picks Wright up in a fireman's carry. Ice holds on to Wright's injured arm as Wolfie drops in a Samoan drop, further extending the injured shoulder. Gunn tosses Calhoun out of the way and grabs Parker by the hair. Gunn backs Parker into the ropes. Gunn telegraphs a backdrop, and Parker counters it with a sunset flip. Golden gets back to his feet and stomps Parker in the stomach. Gunn and Golden double-team Parker until they spike him into the mat with a pile driver, Golden helping to spike him from the middle turnbuckle. But that seems to irritate Golden's shoulder, which had been injured in his match against Mantell. Calhoun frees Armstrong as PG-13 continues to work over right. Embry makes his way back into the cage, but he's cut off by Golden. Armstrong grabs Gunn by the hair, but Gunn jabs him with an elbow under the ribs. Golden chokes Embry in the corner as Gunn drills Armstrong's head into a chair with the Famouser. Once Golden has Embry on the mat, he signals to Gunn. Golden sets Embry up for a catapult, and Gunn grabs a chair. As Golden sends Embry through the air, Gunn nails him over the head with the chair. The guns for hire stand tall as all four members of the strong army, the official winners of the match, are laid out in the cage. The cage gets pelted with garbage as the four stand over their fallen opponents with their hands in the air. Calhoun orders them out of the ring, and they happily comply as no one else is moving. All right, so what are some of the things going on with the booking here? Well, A, you got Jimmy Golden getting somewhat injured in his match against Dirty Dutch Mantell, simply because Golden last week had put Mantell on notice about this match. So Mantell took care of business there. You have Armstrong having a match already with Gold Dust, so that you have two of the eight men already 
embattled. But then you have the extracurriculars with PG-13 on Mantell as well. What's going on with that? Simply the idea of PG-13 wanting to be one of the teams that Mantell and Von Erich face next week. I'll have those list for you next week as we have that card. But what is with the gauntlets? Well, I have Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones eventually losing the titles after a certain number of wins in this winning streak. And I believe they are at 21 right now. And so I figured instead of stretching it out for much longer, just have that. But also, it builds up the tension between the two teams as now both teams want to get each other in the ring. So, will that cause some booking things next week where they're interfering to make sure that they're, that the other side continues on in the gauntlet? And I haven't decided yet if I'm going to have the gauntlets run separately where each team has a match and rest for the next match, or if they're going to be just four straight for each of them. I might even do, as I did years and years ago when I ran the Super Pro Wrestling Federation uh, e-wrestling fed, of actually having both matches happen at the same time, setting up two rings on the floor of the Coliseum and having both gauntlets go at the same time. That's an idea I might have to work on a little bit this coming week. But now we go back to the cage war. Why is it that I had State Patrol get injured in this match in such a way? Well, I wanted to have a good tag team feud, but I can't see State Patrol really giving a good tag team feud with PG-13. Now, granted, State Patrol was a decent tag team, but they were only used for enhancement talent in WCW. So there's not that much that I can see doing with them. But I will likely bring them back sometime in the future. I do have a team set up to join next week to then surprise PG-13 as they're going to celebrate, of course, the you know getting rid of their main rivals. Uh, so, but that's all next week. Uh, that's all for this week. This is Southern Dynamite Doug Minton, promoter of Pro Wrestling America. Thanking you for being here today and wishing you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology this week. Amen.